The Great River Shakespeare Festival presents The Tragedy of Macbeth. Cast of characters. Duncan, King of Scotland. Malcolm. And Donalbane. His, His sons. A captain in Duncan's army. Macbeth. Thane of Gloms. Lady Macbeth, his wife. Banquo, a Scottish Thane and friend of Macbeth. Pleant, his son. Macduff, the Thane of Fife. Lady Macduff, his wife. Macduff's child. Lennox. And Ross, Scottish, Scottish Thanes. Seward, an English general and Earl of Northumberland. Young Seward, his son. Satan, porter and servant of Macbeth. Two murderers. Attending on Macbeth. Episode 1, Scotland, 1040 AD, on a field where the armies of Scotland desperately battle Viking invaders. Act 1, Scene 1, Darkness. The The Weird Sisters appear. When shall we three meet again? In thunder, lightning, or in rain? When the hurly-burly's done, when the battle's lost and won. That will be ere the set of sun, where the place. Upon the heath. There to meet with Macbeth. I come to Malkin. Paddock calls. Anon. Fair is foul, and foul is fair. Hover through the fog and filthy air. Act 1, Scene 2. Elsewhere on the battlefield. Enter King Duncan. Malcolm. And Lennox, meeting a wounded soldier. What bloody man is that? This is the sergeant, who like a good and hardy soldier fought against my captivity. Hail, brave friend. Say to the king the knowledge of the broil as thou didst leave it. Doubtful it stood, as two spent swimmers who do cling together and choke their art. The merciless MacDonwald, worthy to be a rebel, from the western isles of Kearns and Galloglasses is supplied, and fortune on his damned quarrel smiling showed like a rebel's whore. But all's too weak for brave Macbeth. Well, he deserves that name. Disdaining fortune with his brandished steel which smoked with bloody execution like Valor's minion carved out his passage till he faced the brute where he unseamed him from the nave to the chops and fixed his head upon our battlements. Oh, valiant cousin, worthy gentleman. Mark, King of Scotland, Mark. No sooner justice had, with valor armed, compelled these skipping kerns to trust their heels, but the Norwegian lord, surveying vantage with furbished arms and new supplies of men, began a fresh assault. Dismayed not this our captains, Macbeth and Banquo? (laughs) Yes, as sparrows eagles, or the hare the lion. If I say sooth, I must report they were as cannons overcharged with double cracks, so they doubly redoubled strokes upon the foe. (sighs) But I am faint. My gashes cry for help. So well thy words become thee as thy wounds. They smack of honor both. Go, get him, surgeons. Enter Ross. Who comes here? The worthy Thane of Ross. What haste looks through his eyes. So should he look that seems to speak things strange. God save the king. Whence camest thou, worthy Thane? From Fife, great king, where the Norwegian banners flout the sky and fan our people cold. Norway himself, with terrible numbers, assisted by that most disloyal traitor, the Thane of Cawdor, began a dismal conflict. Till that Bologna's bridegroom, brave Macbeth, confronted him, point against point, rebellious arm against arm, curbing his lavish spirit. 
And to conclude, the victory fell on us. Great happiness. No more that Thane of Corder shall deceive our bosom interest. Go pronounce his present death, and with his former title, greet Macbeth. I'll see it done. What he hath lost, noble Macbeth hath won. Act 1, Scene 3. Enter the Weird Sisters. Where hast thou been, sister? Killing swine. Sister, where thou? A sailor's wife had chestnuts in her lap, and munched and munched and munched. Give me, quoth I. A right thee, witch, the rumped runyon cries. Her husband's to Aleppo gone, master of the tiger. But in a sieve I'll thither sail, and like a rat without a tail, I'll do, I'll do, and I'll do. I'll give thee a wind. Art kind, and I another. I myself have all the other. Sleep shall neither night nor day hang upon his penthouse lid. He shall live a man forbid. Weary send nights nine times nine shall he dwindle, peak and pine. Though his bark cannot be lost, yet it shall be tempest-tossed. A drum, a drum. Macbeth doth come. The weird sisters, hand in hand, posters of the sea and land, thus to go about, about, thrice to thine and thrice to mine, and thrice again to make up nine. Peace, the charms wound up. Enter Macbeth and Banquo. So foul and fair a day I have not seen. How far is it called to forest? What are these? So withered and so wild in their attire that look not like the inhabitants of the earth and yet aren't on it. Live you, or are you aught that man may question? You seem to understand me by each at once her choppy finger laying upon her skinny lips. You should be women, and yet your beards forbid me to interpret that you are so. Speak, if you can. What are you? All hail, Macbeth. Hail to thee, Thane of Gloms. All hail, Macbeth. Hail to thee, Thane of Cawdor. All hail, Macbeth, that shalt be king hereafter. Good sir, why do you start and seem to fear things that do sound so fair? In the name of truth, are ye fantastical, or that indeed which outwardly ye show? My noble partner, you greet with present grace and great prediction of noble having and of royal hope that he seems wrapped withal. But to me you speak not. If you can look into the seeds of time and say which grain will grow and which will not, speak then to me, who neither beg nor fear your favors nor your hate. Hail. 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 Lesser than Macbeth and greater. Not so happy, yet much happier. Thou shalt get kings, though thou be none. So all hail, Macbeth and Banquo. Banquo and Macbeth, all hail. Stay! You imperfect speakers, tell me more. By my father's death, I know I am Thane of Gloms, but how of Cawdor? The Thane of Cawdor lives, a prosperous gentleman, and to be king stands not within the prospect of belief. 
Say from whence you owe this strange intelligence, or why upon this blasted heath you stop our way with such prophetic greeting. Speak, I charge you. They vanish. The earth hath bubbles as the water has, and these are of them. Whither are they vanished? Into the air. And what seemed corporal melted as breath into the wind. Would they had stayed? Were such things here as we do speak about? Or have we eaten on the insane root that takes the reason prisoner? Your children shall be king. <laughs> you shall be king. And fain of Cawdor too, and it not so. To the self-same tune and words. Who's here? Enter Ross. The king hath happily received, Macbeth, the news of thy success. I am sent to give thee from our royal master thanks. And, for an earnest of a greater honor, he bade me from him call thee Thane of Cawdor. In which addition, hail, most worthy Thane, for it is thine. What can the devil speak true? The Thane of Cawdor lives. Why do you dress me in borrowed robes? Who was the Thane lives yet, but under heavy judgment bears that life which he deserves to lose? Whether he was combined with those of Norway or did line the rebel with hidden help and vantage, I know not, but treason's capital, confessed and proved, have overthrown him. Glums and Thane of Cawdor, the greatest is still to come. Thanks for your pains. Do you not hope your children shall be kings, when those that gave the Thane of Cawdor to me promise no less to them? That trusted home might yet enkindle you unto the crown besides the Thane of Cawdor, but tis strange. And oftentimes to win us to our harm, the instruments of darkness tell us truths, win us with honest trifles to betray us in deepest consequence. Cousin, a word, I pray you. Two truths are told, as happy prologues to the swelling act of the imperial theme. I thank you, gentlemen. This supernatural soliciting cannot be ill, cannot be good. If ill, why hath it given me earnest of success, commencing in a truth? I am Thane of Cawdor. If good, why do I yield to that suggestion whose horrid image doth unfix my hair and make my seated heart knock at my ribs against the use of nature? Present fears are less than horrible imaginings. My thought, whose murder yet is but fantastical, shakes so my single state of man that function is smothered in surmise, and nothing is but what is not. Look how our partner's wrapped. Mm. If chance will have me king, then chance may crown me without my stir. New honors come upon him, like our strange garments cleave not to their mold, but with the aid of use. Come what come may, time and the hour runs through the roughest day. Worthy Macbeth, we stay upon your leisure. Give me your favor. My dull brain was wrought with things forgotten. <laughs> kind gentlemen, your pains are registered, where every day I turn the leaf to read them. Let us toward the king. 
Think upon what have chanced, and at more time, the interim having waited, let us speak our free hearts each to other. Very gladly. Till then, enough. Act 1, Scene 4. Enter King Duncan. Lennox. Donalbane. Malcolm and attendants. Is execution done on Cawdor? Are not those in commission yet returned? My liege, they are not yet come back. But I have spoke with one that saw him die, who did report that very frankly he confessed his treasons, implored your highness pardon, and set forth a deep repentance. Nothing in his life became him like the leaving it. He died as one that had been studied in his death. To throw away the dearest thing he owed as tore a careless trifle. There's no art to find the mind's construction in the face. He was a gentleman on whom I built an absolute trust. Enter Macbeth. Banquo. And Ross. Oh, worthiest cousin, the sin of my ingratitude even now was heavy on me. Thou art so far before that swiftest wing of recompense is slow to overtake thee. What thou hadst less deserved, that the proportion both of thanks and payment might have been mine. Only I have left to say, more is thy due than more than all can pay. The service and the loyalty I owe in doing it pays itself. Your highness' part is to receive our duties, and our duties are to your throne and state, children and servants, which do but what they should by doing everything safe toward your love and honor. Welcome hither. I have begun to plant thee, and will labor to make thee full of growing. Noble Banquo, that hast no less deserved, nor must be known no less to have done so, let me enfold thee and hold thee to my heart. There if I grow, the harvest is your own. My plenteous joys, wanton in their fullness, seek to hide themselves in drops of sorrow. Sons, kinsmen, thanes, and you, whose places are the nearest, know we will establish our estate upon our eldest Malcolm, whom we name hereafter the Prince of Cumberland, which honor must not unaccompanied invest him only. But signs of nobleness like stars shall shine on all deservers. From hence to Inverness and bind us further to you. The rest is labor, which is not used for you. So humbly take my leave. My worthy Cawdor. The Prince of Cumberland. That is a step on which I must fall down or else or leap. For in my way it lies. Stars, hide your fires. Let not light see my dark and deep desires. The eye wink at the hand, yet let that be which the eye fears when it is done to see. Exit Macbeth. True, worthy Banquo, he is full so valiant, and in his commendations I am fed. It is a banquet to me. That's after him, whose care is gone before to bid us welcome. It is a peerless kinsman. Act 1, Scene 5. Enter Lady Macbeth, reading a letter. They met me in the day of success, and I have learned by the perfectest report they have more in them than mortal knowledge. When I burned in desire to question them further, they made themselves air into which they vanished. Whiles I stood wrapped in the wonder of it came missives from the king, who all hailed me Thane of Cawdor, by which title before these weird sisters saluted me and referred me to the coming on of time with Hail 
king that shalt be. This have I thought good to deliver thee, my dearest partner of greatness, that thou mightst not lose the dues of rejoicing by being ignorant of what greatness is promised thee. Lay it to thy heart, and farewell. Gloms thou art, and Cawdor, and shalt be what thou art promised. Yet do I fear thy nature. It is too full of the milk of human kindness to catch the nearest way. Thou wouldst be great, art not without ambition, but without the illness should attend it. What thou wouldst highly, that wouldst thou holily. Wouldst not play false, and yet wouldst wrongly win. Thou wouldst have great gloms, that which cries, Thus thou must do, if thou have it, and that which rather thou dost fear to do, than wishest should be undone. Hie thee hither, that I may pour my spirits in thine ear, and chastise with the valour of my tongue all that impedes thee from the golden round, which fate and metaphysical aid doth seem to have thee crowned withal. Enter a servant. What is your tidings? The king comes here tonight. Thou art mad to say it. Is not thy master with him, who, were it so, would have informed for preparation? So please you, it is true. Our thane is coming. One of my fellows had the speed of him, who almost dead for breath had scarcely more than would make up his message. Give him tending. He brings great news. Exit servant. The raven himself is hoarse that croaks the fatal entrance of Duncan under my battlements. Come, you spirits that tend on mortal thoughts, unsex me here, and fill me from the crown to the toe top full of direst cruelty. Make thick my blood, stop up the access and passage to remorse, that no compunctious visitings of nature shake my fell purpose, nor keep peace between the effect and it. Come to my woman's breasts, and take my milk for gall, you murdering ministers, wherever in your sightless substances you wait on nature's mischief. Come, thick night, and pall thee in the dunnest smoke of hell, that my keen knife see not the wound it makes, nor heaven peep through the blanket of the dark to cry, Hold! Hold! Enter Macbeth. Great! Gloms! Worthy Cawdor, greater than both, by the all hail hereafter. Thy letters have transported me beyond this ignorant present, and I feel now the future in the instant. My dearest love, Duncan comes here tonight. And when goes hence? Tomorrow, as he purposes. Oh, never shall sun that morrow see. Your face, my Thane, is as a book where men may read strange matters. To beguile the time, look like the time. Bear welcome in your eye, your hand, your tongue. Look like the innocent flower, but be the serpent under it. He that's coming must be provided for. And you shall put this night's great business into my dispatch, which shall, to all our nights and days to come, give solely sovereign sway and masterdom. 
we will speak further. Only look up clear. To alter favor ever is to fear. Leave all the rest to me. Next time on Macbeth. But screw your courage to the sticking place and will not fail. Is this a dagger which I see before me? The handle toward my hand? This has been a production of the Great River Shakespeare Festival. This activity is made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Minnesota State Arts Board thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. <laughs>